Today's episode is brought to you by Slate House Publishing, recorded at Wayne Howard Studios. Listos? Yes, I'm Listos? Check. It is January 1995. Your grandparents are visiting, and your mother is slogging down the last of the season's eggnog after a dinner full of tension and silence. You sit down in your Star Wars Boba Fett sweater to finish off the last <laughs> pulse-pounding pages of Kevin J. Anderson's Champions of the Force, worried for Kip Duran, whose l- arms and legs are crushed as he folded himself into a ball and compacted himself into a hollowed-out torpedo capsule. Hmm? Your mother comes in and leans on the door. More Star Wars crap? She asks you. And you remind herself that the holidays have been really hard for her ever since Dad died. She doesn't get the rise she wanted, so she tries again, this time going for your throat. Didn't Boba Fett, like, die or something in that movie? You get defensive. (laughs) No, he's alive! But she wouldn't even know because she hasn't read Dark Horse's masterpiece Dark Empire, where he's back and has his own ship. One day you're going to get a Boba Fett tattoo right on your arm and mom won't be able to stop you just like she couldn't stop Timothy from moving out just like he said he would. Grandma interrupts with a a throat clearing noise and bustles in with a package under her arm. I had a little late Christmas present for my little Star Trek boy, she says. (laughs) And you fight hard to correct her because... You fart hard. (laughs) Yeah, you fart hard. She's trying to be nice. But inwardly, you know, you're not one of those nerds, and she should know better. But you open up the present anyway and see Luke Skywalker standing proudly on the front cover of Hugo and Nebula award-winning author Vonda McIntyre's new book, Star Wars, The Crystal Star. And you love Grandma because maybe she doesn't understand you, but she listens to you. Merry Christmas, darling. She whispers, <laughs> and you just know, as you sink back into Dad's old recliner, the one that still smells like aftershave and the stale cigarettes that killed him, that 1995 will be a good year, because if you can count on anything, you can count on more Star Wars. All right, everybody. Wow, that was that was deep. That was um. That, that I don't was know. a journey. That, that was, was some a, good voice acting. That, that was, was some really good voice oh, acting. How'd you do that? Um, <laughs> let, me, let me try it. Let me try it. Merry Christmas, darling. Merry Christmas, darling. Oh, okay, so she, I did yeah. a little more old yeah. and yeah. decrepit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yours is sweeter than mine. Was. I sound like <laughs> Herbert from Family Guy. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's Star Wars Update 1995. Hey, everybody. This is Jeremy. I'm with Slayhouse. Uh, this is Slayhouse Lipids. <laughs> we've, we've just totally, we've gone off the rails. We barely even started. We've gone off the rails. Um. This is Slayhouse Lit Bits presents. Uh, Slayhouse Publishing presents Lit Bits. I don't know what we are anymore. <laughs> it's Trevor's got me so bothered title. by that little vignette of his his '90s like Christmas <laughs> story. So that was, you know, at least the one I'm used to. They want a Red Rider BB gun, but in this version, they want they want a Star Wars book. So <laughs> Star, Wars, Star Wars book. Um, so yeah, today Trevor's right. Today we're talking about Star Wars, uh, and Trevor is going to do most of the talking. But I do want to introduce to you all. Um, 
Curtis, our, who's been recent uh, for the past number of episodes, he's been behind the scenes with us as part of our producers. He's now joining us on air. Hello. So, yeah, say hey, say hey, Curtis. Hi, everyone. I'm Curtis. He's you've heard him on the intro when it says live from Wayne Howard Studios or what? I don't even listen to the. Today's intro. episode was brought to you by. What did I say? Something uh, no, like that's that. That's right. It was, yeah, yeah, today's yeah, yeah. episode is brought to you by Wayne Howard. Slate House Publishing, recorded at Wayne Howard Studios. See, see, yeah, told you guys, that's, that's right. him. That's so we yeah. got him live now. For us. We got one. him with us. So, so we we're here. And Earth. It, so it, I'm here to talk about Star Wars. That's uh, right. Yeah, but not Star nothing. Wars like every like all us sane people know. We're talking about. We're talking about books. Yeah, books. Really? Okay, so to, to kind of set the scene, uh, aside from Please my Please do, weird because you vignette, are the only one who's read all these. Like, this is, I haven't read them. Curtis hasn't so read this, them. Back, back in 2020, I right? don't think most of the human population has read them, but go ahead. No, nobody has. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm here, right? I'm the least literate person in the room right now. <laughs> Just dropping that in there. So that's what you should expect from I, me. You don't have to be literate to read Star Wars, though. That's, <laughs> <laughs> love, that's, that's kind of a, what I've learned. That's a quote. That quote is a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you back in 2020, right? Like, I, I watched... You uh, say back in 2020 like it was a decade ago. It, it was a decade ago. <laughs> it was, though. In, the, in these COVID times yeah we've lived through uh, like multiple eons in the last year (laughs) it's not even been 12 months uh no so mandalorian season two came out and at the conclusion of mandalorian season two i was blown away and i was like i need so much more star wars in my life than what i currently have and so uh looking for solutions for that i was like maybe i'll just read every star wars book ever and uh, and I sat down and I I started reading these Star Wars books that were printed back in. Uh, so give us two things real quick. Give us a timeline and give us a total number of books because I don't think people will appreciate that until they hear just how much you've read. Yeah, I I mean I wouldn't have appreciated uh, how much. I mean I certainly don't appreciate how much Star Wars is out there. Uh, I almost am resentful of how much Star Wars is out there. Um, <laughs> Me too. 150 books, uh, I'm sorry, 156 books, novels, were published between 1976 and 2014 when the current or, or the old canon was thrown out because Disney acquired Star Wars and then they obliterated the canon and started over fresh from 2014. And in between 2014 and now, 47 titles have been published in the new canon. This is not including the comic books that have been running since the 1970s, nor does it include any of the children's it's novels. It's over 200 novels. It's so it's so much books. So what I did was I this year I set out to read everything from 1976 to 1995. Right? Jeez. So everything from 1976. And not only not only let me let me just clarify this real quick. Not only did you read all these books, but now because of this new acquisition, they're not even canon anymore. So these no, books they're don't, not. They re, they don't matter. This is the this is like in in all. <laughs> aspects a fool's errand <laughs> like there is there is nothing that that i i do i read here that will contribute to anything it is literally just wasting my life on stuff that nobody gives a shit about and now mean, we're doing an entire episode on we're, it. and and here the promise of this episode though <laughs> the promise of this episode is this won't be the only star wars update we do because That's I'm going right. to keep doing these 
like for every year going forward of Star Wars that I complete reading. So I, I read everything wait. between 1976 um, and really like December 1994. That's kind of when I stopped. And if I can remind people really quickly, for those of you out there, I'm talking like we have thousands and thousands of fans out there. But for all of you out there who are listening and you're like, <laughs> you but do. everything you've done so far is like horror. And aren't you horror? Like, check out our website, dude. We're, we're, we publish like sci-fi fantasy horror. So we've been talking a lot about horror, but we can literally, we can talk about any of these genres that we want. So this is kind of our trek. Uh, Since we started into- the podcast, I kind of, it seemed to me like you guys had this horror stuff just on your mind for years and you're just purging it all at once. And I then, feel like it. Yeah. Like it's all coming out, but then we'll like, you know, yeah, it'll, it'll- like a virgin on prom night who drank too much. I am purging yes. all of the horror. But my wife doesn't watch horror, so I can't watch horror. So I, I come in here and listening to you guys, it's like, oh, I finally know what Do you know think you can get her about. to watch Thanksgiving? I don't, I'm not going to watch that's... Thanksgiving. <laughs> you guys talked me out of watching Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't think anyone should watch Thanksgiving. I'm resentful that I had to watch Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't even want to see it. Even though I loved it. Like, more or less resentful that you read all these oh, Star no, Wars books. Nothing. Like, listen, this is just poison. Like t- <laughs> yeah. to my brain, I've lost brain cells doing. And and what's what's like crazy is that I'm not gonna stop. Like I'm committed now. I've read 19 novels this year of Star Wars, that, which is the number between 76 and and 1995. And uh, and I can't stop. Like you said 19. 19 novels, 19 novels. novels. And that's not including the comics that I also read. And that barely touches the 200 that have have come out. Yeah. I, you know, if I keep the same pace, it's going to take me 10 years to read all of Star Wars. I worked with a guy that came in every day uh, and he, he was carrying, always carrying a Star Wars novel with him. Yeah. It was always a different one. So he was just flying through them. Yeah. There are so many of them. Yeah. Uh, He explained to me that they're not really related to each other. And well, it's weird because like the novels do like create this shared universe and that's part of what makes this so fascinating because in the 1990s basically after after Return of the Jedi comes out, right? There's like there's nothing for like 8 years and then right. in 1991 LucasArts was like, "You know what? Let's bring this publishing arm and make Star Wars a multimedia franchise with novels and youth novels and comic books and video games like we're just gonna go balls to the walls full tilt like make a whole bunch of star wars stuff so lucas media was actually in charge of like they had a hand in these all of these books uh, allegedly all of these books were approved by george lucas himself i did not know that i thought people were just out there no like like, but that kind of makes sense though because we don't we don't like in, in retrospect, we don't realize, you know, Lucas was tinkering with the original movies at this point, and he was planning, like, the prequels come out in the late 90s, early 2000s. 99. 99. Uh, yeah. But he had, before that, he re-released all three original films in the, in the theaters with new special effects. So he was right. consistently tinkering with... Star Wars. Yeah. So Star Wars was on the brain, and I feel like almost since this this is when the uh, the publishing took place or started. Perhaps I don't have any proof of this, but it sounds to me like maybe Lucas had this kind of here's what I'm doing this decade with Star Wars. Let's get public interest kind of ramped back up and get these novels well, out to help. It's weird because like the stories that come from these novels are very much coming from the individual authors that wrote them. However, 
you know, they would go to George Lucas for approval of these manuscripts, or at least the outlines before anything was published. So yeah. Lucas, and then, you know, his big, like, media bosses, uh, you know, kind of lording over this literature, would make calls and, and basically say to different authors, like, no, you can't do that, or yeah, that's fine, let's do it, you know. So you'd have this this development of this shared universe of storytelling through a whole bunch of different authors competing visions and behind the scenes not all of them got along not all of them agreed with where they were taking the canon not and all the makes, authors not all of the authors right. agreed where the canon was how going. many authors that uh, dozens i mean really okay uh, not you just think like about three, 100 not three or four people no like you think about 156 novels like there were probably like 140 different authors right, right. like they oh, wow. all kind of go crazy Okay. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll. It's too bad we didn't have that kind of editorial restraint the past five years. Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! Ooh. No, I mean, I'm legitimately. Oh, shut up. I I hate the Abrams films. Like the, these these sequel the sequel trilogy pushed me out of Star Wars. Mandalorian roped me back in, and like Mandalorian oh, was cool. so good that I was like, I want to read everything Star Wars. <laughs> you know, like I haven't seen any of it, and to me, aesthetically, Mandalorian looked like really in line with the abrams visuals and it's, all that i mean does, does it kind of have the same aesthetic at least i don't think so okay. i mean yes because star wars as an aesthetic uh just like it all kind of pairs up where it, where it pairs up right um, john favreau really knows what he's doing yeah favreau and favreau and, like has a pull has a hand a beat a finger on the pulse of just I think nerdism in general, like with yeah. Iron Man and and now Star Wars. I mean, he knows what yeah. this should look like. So and Dave he, did he do Mandalorian? Too. Yeah, yeah. John Favreau. John, John Favreau, Favreau was Weird. was the the one of the creative directors behind Mandalorian. Same with yeah. da uh, Dave Filoni, who also did uh, the Star Wars Clone Wars uh, cartoon series. That was so, a great series. I yeah. It. So they're like they're really into Star Wars, like really deep into Star. Will Ferrell hates John Favreau. He just, oh, really? he just turned down a $29 million role in Elf 2 because he f fucking hates John Favreau. Wow, really? that's yeah. wild. Oh, wow. He won't work with him again. That's crazy. <laughs> but, yeah, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was he, did he direct Elf? He directed Elf. Yeah. Yeah. So no Will Ferrell in The Mandalorian Season 3, I guess. I guess not. Damn, right, we're missing out there. <laughs> missing out. Um, yeah, so, so like, I, my, my concept for this episode was just to go through, like, each of these different books and to talk very briefly about what they are and, like, what's... What's weird can, or what's can we interesting make fun about of them, them along the way? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so get us started, That's man. That's all I'm going to be able right. to do. Yeah. Because I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm okay, so like I said, 19 <laughs> novels, right, were published between 1976 and 1994. The first of the novels actually predates the film. It was Star Wars From the Adventures of Luke Skywalker. That was the full title uh, in 1976. <laughs> it was written by. Uh, George Lucas, allegedly, but it was actually ghostwritten by a guy named Alan Dean Foster, who is really well known for doing like a lot of sci-fi adaptations from shows. So he wrote like the Star Trek cartoon series as novelizations. <laughs> um, wow. I think he novelized Alien, the, the movie Alien for Ridley Scott. Um wow. Yeah, so, so I he's mean, got like, some, he's got some pedigree. He's got, yeah. yeah okay. So he wrote uh, this, the the first book, 
um, which plays a lot like the script of Star Wars. There's really not a whole lot of difference. But then he also was contracted to write two books. The first was going to be the adaptation of the script, and the second was going to be a proposed sequel. And this is what's really fun about it, because George Lucas was like, I need you to write a book that will serve as a low-budget sequel in the case that Star Wars does not do well. Cool. And so Alan Dean Foster <laughs> writes the official sequel to Star Wars called Splinter of the Mind's Eye from the Adventures of Luke Skywalker. And in this cool one... The, I just yeah. had a TMNT kind of visual there. Yeah. I just yeah. got goosebumps. Splinter of the Rat. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but it's not. It's, it's what was like, it? Splinter, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Yeah. That... Yeah, wow. Splinter of the Mind's That's Eye. That's good. I mean, the cover is bonkers. The cover is like <laughs> Luke and Leia on this weird like swamp planet and Darth Vader's in the background with like a, a glowy rock or something like oh, that. Tight. So it's pretty insane. So how different is this from them from like say Fucking Empire? Crazy different. Right? Okay, so fill us in. Yeah. Us. So this movie co- or this this Make book like this it. movie this book comes <laughs> out in 1978, um, and we know that uh, Empire Strikes Back doesn't come back or come out until 1980, right? Right. Um, the story is basically Luke, Leia and Luke end up on a stranded planet or stranded on a planet where they discover a kyber crystal, not the kyber crystal that is used in lightsabers later on, but the name kind of sticks. Of course. Kind of changes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Naturally, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> like everyone knows. Like right? everyone knows. Everyone knows kyber crystals are Duh. used in the, in the fucking lightsabers. Kyber, kyber crystals crystal. were used to power the Death Star. Get with it. Get with the program. <laughs> that's why it goes pew pew. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, that's what makes that sound. It's exactly. So, uh, yeah, so they, they discover the, the kyber crystal, um, which amplifies the power of the Force. Uh, and so they start searching for the crystal while trying to avoid imperial slavers on this planet, as well as their fearsome leader, Darth Vader, who shows up. Uh-huh. Now, this book was planned as a, like I said, a low-budget sequel in case Star Wars did not do well. But what's hilarious <laughs> is that, like, Lucas was like, you can't use certain elements in this story because, for example, no Han Solo or Chewbacca. Can't have them <laughs> in the story because Harrison Ford had not signed a contract to do more than one movie. So they're like, we can't. Oh. You, if we have a sequel, you can't put these characters in your sequel because... If Harrison Ford doesn't return, we don't have we don't have a Han Solo, oh, right? God, yeah, a mountain of contingencies. I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just other stuff um, was like. Does that mean Chewbacca hadn't signed the the contract either? I well, I mean, can you have a Han Solo without a or, or a Chewbacca without a Han Solo? Like, I feel like they're. You're asking yeah. us this after after the the there last two Star Wars films. Just had to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> what's what's funny is that Abrams, in, you and I are gonna fight. They, like, what's gonna what's fight. really funny is that in the in the canon, this is getting ahead of myself, but in the canon in 1999, they kill off Chewbacca, and Aww. then uh, and he's just not around for. The yeah, since rest this is only update 95, you can't really talk about 99. Yeah, that's right. They literally so. killed him. How did he die? Uh, I I don't know yet. I haven't gotten to the book. Kind of. Well, no, they, Fade I off. mean, he, he, they did kill him. Like he blew up on a planet or something like that. Oh. Like a planet blew up and he died. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get to it when we do Star Wars update 2000. Right, right, right. We're not there <laughs> yet. We're not, not there yet. Not there yet. Yeah. So, so, um. I'm just now graduating high school folks. Yeah. Because everything had to be like 
really ninety-five. <laughs> you just gave away your age. <laughs> I know. I mean, I admitted in previous episodes that I'm Gen X. So I mm. mean, ninety-five. I mean, graduating high school ninety-five. That fits right along with it. So. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'm old. You're old. Shiny. Um, how old were you in 1978? One. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, but here's the cool thing. So Star Wars came out in what, 77, 78? Uh, but it was, yeah. it was re-released in the theater with the new title, A New Hope, right before Empire came out. And I know this right. because I was two years old, so it was 79. I was two years old because my parents took me to see Star Wars, and I pissed all over my mother when the sand person popped up to, oh, yeah. to attack Luke. Really? Like that scene. Yeah, I was. So I've seen I've seen every Star Wars in theater since I was like a baby. That's amazing. So, <laughs> do you still piss on your mom every time? I do. I, I'm like, mom, I'm coming over. <laughs> mom, I'm watching Star Wars. Better get the slicker on. <laughs> you know that old family oh, tradition. <laughs> Actually, it. no, I don't. I don't. I, I, I piss on my wife now. It's part of our life. <laughs> <laughs> we turned it into a game. We just lost your wife. <laughs> glad to take that baton. We just lost. Yeah, we we had to we we had to piss off somebody this uh, this, no. this episode. So. It's terrible. <laughs> no, so like some weird shit in this book though. Uh, that's hilarious. And again, I I remind you, George Lucas only made one real change to the manuscript when he first saw it, and it was to take out a fight scene, like a a starship scene at the beginning of the movie where they they were dog fighting cuz he was like dog fightings dog fightings too expensive you got to take that out if i got to film this i can't film that part so um <laughs> that was the only change he made so so weird stuff is like luke and leia on this planet when they they you know crash land or whatever and and he finds her they're trekking through this jungle and one night uh, as leia's sleeping luke is like watching her and he's like she's so pretty Weirdo. She's so good looking. <laughs> well, I guess it's your sister. I but guess that's it's not the canon thing. yet. It's not that's canon the yet. Thing. George Lucas had no fucking idea that they were siblings, right? Like, let's just put. He will say. He will tell you like it was always the plan. It was always the plan. Bullshit. <laughs> this that guy you didn't weird. know. He didn't know any of the relationship of the characters. I'm convinced that that the whole like Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad thing only came like spur of the moment like mm. he, he had no idea where where those characters were going and oh, he was man. just like you know what let's just try this you know actually the real line they, they did that line in post-production of empire the real line vader tells luke and think about luke's reaction he tells him i ate the last burger true story <laughs> oh. i ate the last burger and luke's like no, no it's impossible you yeah. already had breakfast <laughs> <laughs> So, no, yeah. so so Looks he's very like, closely, and you can see Luke's words change just a yeah. little bit. To, so to fit that so they changed it. Yeah. yeah. Again, in this book, like he's he's like thinking about how hot Leia is, right? <laughs> and like he gets to the point where he he actually is like, I could sleep with her, but I shouldn't. Like he thinks about raping Leia, but that's not a thing heroes do, and that's why he doesn't rape oh, George. her. It was, oh my gosh, I, I don't understand anything. So then later he like, they're like trying to hide from these Imperials. They're, they're like in a cafe or something and they're trying to blend in. And, uh, and Leia doesn't know how to blend in anywhere. Because that song she's, plays in every cafe there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fun fact about that song. That's from a musical style 
in Star Wars called jizz. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's a real Jazz thing. in Star Wars is called jizz. It's jizz. called jizz. So Sit back right now, folks, on your ride home. I'm Jeremy here taking you to meet your loved ones as you get off work tonight. And I'm going to let you relax with a little bit of jizz. Oh, man. A little smooth jizz. Some smooth jizz to fill your ears. <laughs> smooth oh. jizz to fill your ears. I hate it. How incredibly naive to go there. Who was the person who was, like, sitting around with George Lucas and they were like, what's this music called? Jizz. Is it jizz. jazz? What jizz. a troll. Jizz. That guy was just trolling. Yeah. <laughs> And George is like, oh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. I like jizz. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most sexually explicit episode we've ever done. <laughs> Even more than the Clive Barker episode. Even more than, this is beating out, Star Wars episode is beating out. Beating out. <laughs> beating out. I think you're uncovering how big of a curve George Lucas is, really. Oh uh, no, it's it's truly bad. So, they're, but they're hiding in a, a cantina, and 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 like Princess Leia doesn't know how to be incognito, like a recurring theme through all of these books, because she's a princess, right? Like she doesn't know how to hide, and so Luke, uh, in a moment of panic, <laughs> princesses can't hide. Yeah, yeah. in a moment of panic, she doesn't someone look druish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone asks, uh, "Spaceballs is a better Star Wars movie." Then this Star Wars book is a Star Wars book. Like, yeah. I do like the Schwartz. <laughs> yeah, the Schwartz. I hate the it Schwartz when the Schwartz gets tangled. Yeah, the Schwartz sits better with me yeah. than the Force. But does. back to the Cantina scene, right? Okay, like, okay, so okay. he's like sitting around in this. You're bar never going to get through this. We keep interrupting. No, so somebody somebody comes in and like. Uh, they're like, like, who are you? you you're not a, from around here. Like this, who's this girl you're with? And Luke, uh, just full on is like, she's my slave. <laughs> and uh, she, she like starts to. It's my response. She starts to mouth off to him, and he just full on slaps her across <laughs> the face. Luke Skywalker nice. slaps his sister who he was previously thinking of having sex with. I'm just saying, this book is weird. He's still out of line so far. Yeah. Every bit of it. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it makes no sense. And honestly, it's it's like it's like Alan Dean Foster. Not the way of the Jedi these are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for real, it's like he it's like he ghost wrote the book for George Lucas, but paid no attention to the characters he was ghost I feel like this is going to be a theme of most of these books. Oh, yeah, hands down. Oh, characters who, or, or writers who write Star, Star Wars and don't even know that it's like Star Wars. But again, George signed off on all of these ideas? Signed off on all of these okay. ideas. All right, cool. so this I was still blame like him then. this was a thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you, you should have known better. I mean, George. this was in the '80s, and there was a lot of coke going around. So, well, it's these it's the '70s, the '70s and '80s. There yeah. was a lot of it, like you know, crisis. Yeah, yeah, that was a sweet yeah. spot. Energy crisis. No, so uh, anyway, it's a it's really a terrible book, and it, and it's all almost like Alan Dean Foster just. Like I said, it's like he didn't even read the book that he just wrote, and and then he wrote this new book, and it makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> the cool stuff in this book, though, that I actually do like, uh, Princess Leia has a lightsaber fight with Darth Vader at the end of the book, and then she gets her shit rocked, and Luke then beats Vader in a, a lightsaber fight again. Um, I was so hoping you'd say an arm wrestling match. It would be uh, that would be so much better. Always with the lightsabers. Yeah, 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 yeah. For once, you'd think they'd have a different contest. Yeah, no. Yeah, every situation. Pick up lightsabers out. Star Wars jousting. 
No, okay. not even Star Wars Joust. Just the game, the video game Joust. Oh, yeah. That should be your contest now. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So oh, moving Luke, on. We are going uh, to play horse. After the the success, <laughs> right, of uh, of Splinter of the Mind's Eye, right, and and of course the success the of Star Wars. Success. Yeah, the air quote <laughs> success. Uh, after Star Wars came out in 1977, right, Star Wars is exploding, and so um, Del Rey. <laughs> it's the, exploding the, like jizz. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. it is. What other kind of explosion can back. you have in Star Wars? <laughs> So yeah. it's it's like really blown up. Del Rey, the publisher, is like, we need more Star Wars content. So they reach out um, and basically like start hiring freelancers to come in and write some Star Wars. So this guy, Brian Daly, uh, he just had kind of a, a nice little hit of a, a sci-fi book come out um, around 1970. 778 something like that and he comes in and he's like I need some you know I, I would do some gig work you know have you got anything that you'd like to write and so uh, the the editors in Del Rey's office they're like yeah you know have you seen Star Wars do you like Star Wars he's like yeah I kind of like Star Wars he says all right write me a, a an idea for a Star Wars trilogy like pick a character work up a treatment and we'll see if we uh, are interested so he chooses Han Solo, and he he makes this pitch to do a Han Solo uh, trilogy, really. And Del Rey picks it up. They're like, "Yeah, let's do it." So he writes three books uh, in the late seventies. He writes um, Han Solo at Stars' End from the Adventures of Luke Skywalker. That's mm. the tag for every all of these three first <laughs> books, right? Um, 1979 this comes out it's about han and chewie's attempt to rescue one of han's former mentors from imprisonment at the infamous corporate sector authority prison at stars's end and this one is actually a banger of a book it's like really bonkers and i i like looney tunes kind of stupid but it's got some <laughs> it's got some great shit let me tell you like han solo when he goes to to stars's end it's on like this little planetoid this like moon with low gravity and he blows up the moon and like it sends this space jail like into orbit and like he's like trying to get out with chewbacca as this thing is like reaching epigee and then like coming crash back down on the moon oh god it's, it's wild it's bonkers so much wrong with that <laughs> oh it makes no goddamn sense in any kind of but but then like do physics really count in the star wars universe like the death star explodes and makes a sound you've got you've got x-wings and tie fighters fighting in space as if they're in air like they're dog fighting in a way that makes no fucking sense with space physics like at some point in time you just have to be like all right cool have fun with this you know like like <laughs> just you you can't yeah you can't Nothing you really can't matters. sit around and be like that's not how st we're not Neil deGrasse Tyson right, right? right, right. like stop shitting on people's fun it's fiction just it's write fiction. it <laughs> brothers and sisters sleeping together it's just fun I feel like I feel like these pitch meetings to like me. Lucasfilm for like these different novels would have gone down similarly to like that that scene in Three Amigos when they go to meet like Harry Flugelman the the Joe Montana char Montana character Joe you guys Montana. remember that and and like he's like they're like going over like yeah we have the Amigos going to you know have the Amigos going to to 
date women in like the the 1920s Mexico or something, and, <laughs> and you know, little Nettie goes to war and all this, and and he's, you know, I mean, I feel like I'm the only one who remembers this. Three I, Amigos. I remember the dialogue from I've Three seen Amigos. It one time. I'm not sure oh I remember every God. single situation. I just remember the things they said. Yeah. I got my love of puns from that movie, by the way, which is when the little biplane flies overhead and and uh, what's his name, um, Ned Fl- Ned Needlander, whatever the the little guy that plays him, <gasps> yeah. Martin Short. Martin Short says, "I think that's a male plane." And Chevy Chase is like, "How can you tell?" And he said, "Didn't you notice it's a little balls?" <laughs> and they didn't and, get it. Right? They didn't and get it. Yeah, they're it? just kind of looking at him, and he he's like, little, like balls, "Little balls, little balls." <laughs> Yeah. All right. Are we talking about Star Wars? We're talking about Star Wars, folks. I've lost. I've seen that movie one time. (laughs) Trevor's like, okay. Let's come back to the stuff I'm really passionate about. (laughs) Yeah. So then uh, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back comes out in 1980. Uh, It's adapted into a book by uh, Donald F. Glutt. There's really nothing to say. If you've seen Empire Strikes Back, you've read this book. Um, It's kind of a glut. Yeah, but then uh, the second of Brian Daly's trilogy comes out, uh, Han Solo and the Lost Legacy. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, that's incorrect. There was Han Solo's Revenge from the Adventures yeah, get of Luke right, Skywalker. Man. I know. It's really important that we get that right. That was 1979. <laughs> In that book, Han Solo uh, attempts to take down a slaving ring after a bad job costs him 10,000 credits. And it's, again, just what a bonkers book like the plot is freaking great because it's Han Solo he's just like I just want my fucking money and he's just like running around and shooting up like these he's shooting up these slavers Uh, he's introduced to a a bad guy named Galandro who's like an old timey western sheriff from uh, like a a western movie he's got like the big long handlebar mustache uh, his mustachios uh, and he's a quick draw and there's like like Han Solo beats him at a quick draw, uh, basically by like wrecking his 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 draw hand. He like stamps it in, with an up, I don't know, a hot pot or something like that. <laughs> and so they have to draw with their no. He stuns them. That's what happens. He he like stuns them, and they have to do a quick draw with the wrong hand. And Han Solo beats him at the quick draw. And like then they have a rivalry for the third book, and it's it's great. But it's also Looney Tunes. There's a talking otter who shows up. Of course there is. Of course there is. That's where South Park got the idea. What is it? Was that a, a South Park idea? Yeah, they were like, Han Solo's revenge, we gotta do this. <laughs> so then the third book was Han Solo and the Lost Legacy from the Adventures of Luke Skywalker. That one was uh, September 1980, again by Brian Daly. Um, again, just like real Looney Tunes, crazy action. Um, <laughs> basically, in this one, Han Solo teams up with an old smuggler friend to discover the lost treasure of an ancient warlord. And if it, that sounds like it's Indiana Jones, you're probably right. I'm pretty sure yeah, George did. Lucas... It yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure Drew, George Lucas just like took a bunch of ideas from Brian Daly and... The and lost like, treasure of the something. Because yeah, George yeah. Lucas was also involved with Indiana Jones, wasn't he? He Steven was, yeah. The, and yeah. this was right about the same time that, that uh, you know, Indiana Jones was kind of coming out and doing that stuff. Um, Brian Daly says when he, you know, submitted these manuscripts or whatever, um, basically George Lucas was like, uh, you can't do certain things like you can't make reference to the force that's not allowed you can't make 
any stormtroopers. You can't use the Empire. You know, like, you have to make up your own shit. And Brian Daly was like, all right, man, whatever, and just bangs out these books. They're absolutely crazy. But Why these arbitrary totally awesome. rules like that? Like, he's trying... Again, I, ha- I, I have no idea. I, I feel like it's because Lucas didn't know what to do with a lot of his universe and was trying to protect it from like right yeah, you know, yeah a brand perspective yeah and so he's like yeah sure license this stuff out we can make money on it but also you know don't ruin my ideas right. like don't do stuff that might have an impact on the stories i'm trying to tell and look how far star wars has come because he was thinking that way right you know, yeah that's that's probably pretty smart yeah yeah I, I mean yeah. It, it definitely worked out um these books are absolutely bonkers but they are fun um, I really enjoyed the Brian Daly stuff. So we get to Return of the Jedi in 1983, and around the same time, L. Neil Smith starts publishing Lando Calrissian books. There are three of them, <laughs> and this is hilarious. Who didn't want a Lando Calrissian trilogy? Wait, Lando is that the guy with the mustache? Yeah, Billy D. Williams. Okay, I always thought he character. looked like um, uh, Whom some John, of you might John know Oates. from his Colt 45 commercials. Yeah. <laughs> I like a smooth I remember drink. that. Yeah. Coke 45. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Billy D. Williams was huge in the 80s, right? Like, he had a really a really good career growing. Was he in Predator? Time. No. No, that, that, was, that Carl was Carl Weathers. Weathers who yeah. was also in I'm getting my mustaches mixed yeah. up is what's happening. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, to be fair, I've, for most of these Star Wars books, I actually read it in Carl Weathers' voice. Uh, for one thing, because it's free, <laughs> you, you know. It's imagination. You can do anything you, you want. You can there. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also because I just think it's his 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 take on Princess Leia is fucking hilarious. Billy D. Williams was in a cool late seventies crime thriller with Sylvester Stallone called Nighthawks. Ooh. That Nighthawks. was like a gritty seventies police crime thriller. They're cops in like New York. It well, you know really what cool. is uh, what I can is, hear the music now. Is not cool. Lando Calrissian trilogy by <laughs> L. Neil Smith. Was that not good? It's fucking terrible. Oh right? no! So the first, the first of these books was called Lando Calrissian and the Mind Harp of Sharu, where he is coerced into finding the fabled Mind Harp of Sharu for an evil sorcerer. What's a mind harp? I don't was... fucking know. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Like truly, it's a harp you I play don't with know. your mind. It's a futuristic I don't think instrument. L. Neil Smith knew what. A mind harp was this thing reads i'm not even joking this thing reads like an acid trip oh. like lando calrissian goes on a very almost a very literal alice in wonderland kind of like trek he go he goes to this planet and like all of a sudden he, he grows to like a thousand feet tall and like and like he's on an escalator for 60 hours or something he found some weird mushrooms as soon as yeah there. no that's i'm telling really you happened. that's maybe that's what the mind harp was i don't know there there is a story behind why these books are so bad though and and i do want to get to that in a moment um the second one was called uh, lando calrissian and the flame wind of Oceon. That was also. He's in just putting words together like he's, he's just, putting together like, like a he's British, like from British a techno yeah. pop, like eighties pop man. Like, yeah, no, hello, honestly, we're the mind harp of Sarah, and we're going to play at your party tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hands up for the flame wind of Ocean over here. Oh yeah, oh, we're Michael Caine now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just, just trade up some accents. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> 
Yeah, basically. In the flame wind of Ocean, uh, Lando Calrissian is lured into a trap by the evil sorcerer he outwitted in the previous book. And then in the third book, Lando Calrissian and the Star Cave of Thon Baca, which came out. <laughs> what? The Star Cave of Thon Baca. Dude, you keep blowing my mind with these titles. <laughs> no, okay, start, start with the first one. It was no, but the... The, no, 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 no. Because the Star Cave of Thon Baca is even better because Thon Baca. The Star is... Cave of Thon Baca is where you go to have your flame wind of Carsey. Oh, Carcion, I mean, it's after where you've you eaten go too many to beans listen, and burritos. You go, you go to listen to your your smooth jizz in the Starkey with Thonbaka. No, but the, the, the word Thonbaka contextually in this book means Star Cave. So the the title as translated through Star Wars bullshit is the Star Cave, Lando Calrissian and the Star Cave of Star Cave. Oh, that's like ATM machine. It's fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's terrible. So in this one, Lando Calrissian has to save a bunch of space whales from being murdered space by the space whales. Space whales. This is a real thing uh, from an evil space sorcerer. It just doesn't stop, does it's it? I'm gonna just have terrible. to control myself. No, I feel like I'm gonna be doing this the whole time. It's so bad. What? It's so bad. Yeah. So L. Neil Smith, right? L. Neil, L. Neil Smith. He's like this diehard libertarian. Right. And like all of his literature is is basically just secret libertarian uh, propaganda. So El, like Lando Calrissian in this book it is, works for L. Ron Hubbard in Scientology. So. Sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, Lando Calrissian, he's like or Anne Rand. And he's like running around gambling and, and like the antagonists of these books, aside from the weird sorcerer of Kund or whatever. Um, that is made up for this book because the sorcerer of what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Let's just stop right there. Moving on. No, I, I'm telling you, Smith. Jesus. Smith basically was just like, I want, I want a Sith Lord for my stories, and and of course George Lucas is like. No, that's a fucking terrible idea. No, you're not gonna get a Sith Lord. And he's like, all right, well, I get a space sorcerer of Kund. Oh my god! It's like trade. They're like trading uh, magic cards or something. Yeah, right? it's 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 terrible. Yeah. It's absolutely no terrible. No sense for you. Yeah. So he's like, all right, I'll just make up my own space wizard. No sense for you. Yeah, yeah and I'll call and it something and stupid. And he's just a bunch of snakes. Like in a, in a, like le legitimately in the story, the sorcerer is just a bunch of snakes. He's a bunch of snakes. He's a so bunch this of guy snakes. just got done watching Conan the Barbarian. I I don't even know that that's James a, Earl Jones I don't think that's what I was doing. But but like aside from the weird sorcerer, Ooh, Schwarzenegger in Star Wars, that'd be fun. That would I been would fun. watch the hell out of that. Oh, no, but so, so the space though. the space uh, sorcerer aside from him, like the the antagonists of this book are all like government bureaucrats. Now, like it's, it should just be like Lando Calrissian and the bad space bureaucracy. Like that's <laughs> and the what red these are. <laughs> yeah. So the reason why these books even exist. Some Muzak playing in the background while he's standing in line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smooth jizz. Some number forty one. On the elevator. Number forty one. Yeah. Yeah. It w that would have been a more interesting book than these like hot garbage pieces of crap. <laughs> so Smith, like when he went to write these stories, uh, basically he he, he got a contract to write them, but then through some weird arbitration, his contract got shortened so that essentially he had to write a trilogy of novels in nine weeks' time. So he he just sat down. 
I don't know if he did a bunch of drugs. I just assume he did a bunch of drugs. And he just banged out these these three books, and then they got published as this Lando Calrissian tri- trilogy, and they are so bad. <laughs> just I don't know, so man. Bad. You convinced me they might be decent reading. You should know. go. Yeah, definitely put them on. Yeah, put them on your TBR. You he got paid, him. so whatever. Yeah. So there's a big break in publication for Star Wars after 1983. I don't think the Lando Calrissian books ever really did very well. Um, I think maybe they sold okay, but there's just a long break from 83 until 1991. And around 1991, this is when uh, in the early or late 80s, early 90s, when Lucas arts was really thinking about like how do we make this new arm of star wars and like actually do something interesting with it so they team up with west end games to create a role-playing game source book guide where they're trying to like collect all of this star wars information and create like a unified mythos for star wars so from that point forward all of star wars should actually technically be good right because everybody's kind of like working in this shared universe and developing I feel like this there's together. about to be a but oh we're getting it to it it should have been good <laughs> it should have been good no uh, so for, for three years uh, at the the very beginning of the 90s we get a trilogy from timothy zan another award-winning sci-fi author and this is kind of the idea is like we get a whole bunch of award-winning sci-fi authors to write Star Wars books, and these books are are gonna be great, right? Mm. Timothy Zahn, award-winning star uh, or science fiction novelist, um, he writes *Heir to the Empire* in 1991, which is part one of his Thrawn trilogy. He introduces this dude named Admiral Grand Admiral Thrawn, mm. who is the new antagonist for his trilogy. Uh, I think actually a worthy successor to uh, Emperor Palpatine as a character. Uh, Thrawn is is really interesting. Um, in the first book, the heroes of Star Wars just battle with this Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, who's the last remaining Grand Admiral after the fall of the Empire. Book two comes out in 1992 called Dark Force Rising, and here the heroes compete uh, to discover the location of the Dark Force, which is a whole bunch of like old dreadnought spaceships that Grand Ad- Admiral Thrawn is trying to get to like advance some his... World War II style spaceships. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> not World War II, but but it's like they're That's old. What a dreadnought is. Well, yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean, like in the S- Star Wars universe. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They they don't have <laughs> sails. They have. Hyperdrives get with the program. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew that. My dreadnought has a hyperdrive. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's how I get to work every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last command in 1993. Uh, again, Timothy Zahn. Um, part three of the, the Thrawn trilogy. All of the heroes band together for a final battle with Grand Admiral Thrawn uh, as his plans to destroy the rebellion and their new Republic come to, to fruition. I feel like there's a pun in there with Thrawn, but I'm, I haven't thought of one yet. I've been working Save on it, it too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like, Thrawn, I'm not going to get upset about a Thrawn. lot of jokes, but this, this trilogy is fucking sacred. Okay. <laughs> oh, this, this is a good one. No, this is the good one. All right, this is the trilogy that we should have gotten from star Wars. How is Thrawn described? What does he look like? He's blue. He's a, no. he's a blue thrawn. <laughs> you know, he's a he's a period. I basically I, bu- I envision abadi abada. Yeah, I I envision uh, 
<laughs> a couple years before that. For the We're record. old. I envision John Hamm with like red contact lenses and he's painted blue. Like that's what. It's like Yondu from M- oh, MCU. Kind of Yondu. So yeah. kind of like a yeah, kind of like a strong jaw. Uh, kinda yeah. Kind of yeah. looks like he could command authority. Yeah, exactly. But he's blue. Yeah, but he's blue. Yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, in the Star Wars. Listen, in the Star Wars canon, that's weird, right? Because mm-hmm. the Empire is. Now uh, is this is this another. Um, case of the objective correlative with you know the outside reflecting the end is he really just no i don't think he's sad is he sad no is he is he unhappy no he's an unhappy thrawn a lot of subtext about him being blue he's He's a lot going on there i don't think that was intended he's cerulean so he's just blue he's just blue he's just blue he's just blue he's just a blue alien dude because you know aliens are all different colors so yeah it's star wars okay uh but no i mean like glad we cleared that up in in the star wars universe (laughs) right like in the star wars lore the empire the emperor was like uh he was a bigot right so he only allowed humans in like if you look at star wars only humans are ever in the empire you you're never going to see uh another alien like hanging out in stormtrooper gear because because he's like uh he's a, a xenophobic bigot, right? He like stacks the deck so that the the empire is just humans, right? And, and he subjugates a, a bunch of I don't know why aliens. that's not obvious. I mean, the whole thing is pretty fascist, right? It's, yeah, it's just no, really, yeah. duh. Yeah, it exactly. just occurred to me. So, though. so the fact that this guy is blue, you know, he's an alien, is like a big deal because, um, like, you wouldn't be an alien and be able to climb through the ranks, and that's what makes this guy so impressive. Is like even the the emperor saw his tactical genius. Uh, and you know, made him a, a grand admiral. Right, right. He's like, hey, um, come play for my, my team. <laughs> I can put my bigotry aside for a moment for yeah. strategy. <laughs> yeah, sake. if it means that I get to genocide more people. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> no, it, so like, legitimately, this is a pretty good uh, trilogy. I felt like it had a lot to really dig into. It, it advances the lore. Um, it's honestly kind of cleverly written like how do you write a smart character jeremy like how do you write a character who may be a little bit smarter than you are like i write characters like that all the time so i'm not that smart (laughs) (laughs) no 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 you you, play you're into (laughs) no you you give your characters you know i think the key is and it's less about like you know, some people tell you, you know, you, they want you to write about like a backstory or they want you to figure out like the characters, like what they were like in their childhood or what their favorite, you know, fucking food is or their favorite color is and stuff. And that's not the deal. It's like give your characters wants and desires and needs and flesh those out. Because the minute you flesh out those characters with their own wants and desires and needs, then you're going to see them react realistically in situations when mm-hmm. those wants and desires and needs aren't met. Yeah. Yeah, so I think for for uh, Timothy Zan, one of the things he does to to make Thrawn, you know, appear much smarter than the other characters in the book, is like Thrawn intuits the plot of the book faster than any of the other characters do. Like hmm. he catches on through like basic assumptions about where the plot is going, like what he should be doing for a plot. And it's actually pretty smart. It works pretty well. Um, there are a couple of instances in the the second and the third book where you really see the limitations to that genius. Like Thrawn as a, a villain, his his fatal 
his fatal flaw, right, is that he's too confident in his own intelligence. And so when he leaps to a conclusion that is wrong about where the plot is going and he carries on and makes a mistake, you as a reader are like, what a dummy, right? But but no, it's like he's just so overconfident so is he in like, his own intelligence. So like somebody comes up and like, Thrawn, Thrawn, we know where the rebels are at. We're going to chase them to the uh, to the moon of Endor. And he's like, no, no, not until page 250. Uh, yeah, 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 that's right. He knows. Yeah, he's he's like aware that he's a character in a Star Wars novel. Yeah, he's Deadpool now. He's like that kid from Last Action Hero. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or is it like those? Is it like those, it's, it's more like those childhood books. It's like if you want Thrawn to go catch the villains now, turn to page five seventy five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those choose your adventure books. Yeah. Yeah. No, to, to Divinity's Anne's credit, I think that he actually does a really good job at, at structuring these novels. Like, it's really good. It's paralleled um, in comic books by Dark Empire, which was the first of these Star Wars comics to start coming out in 1991 and 1992. Um, that one was written by Tom Veitch and illustrated by Cam Kennedy. Cam Kennedy drew a whole bunch of Judge Dredd for 2180 or 2080, the, the comic book from Britain. Mm, okay. um, and so like, like Judge Dredd was a really big deal in the 70s and 80s because it brought like this punk rock kind of sensibility to comic books. Oh, okay. um, and it was like really, really satirical. So you get Cam Kennedy who, you know, draws this, uh, this comic with the same kind of punk energy as like, Judge Dredd, uh, and and the result is like a Star Wars like like you've never seen. Like it's really Damn. dark. It's really fascinatingly drawn. Um, I love the art style because it's it's so punk and it, it evolves the story. But the story is kind of like on that or like just the precipice of being between like this is really cool and also just total hot garbage right <laughs> and uh and the, so the story the of tipping this point this yeah the story of dark empire is a newly cloned I feel like that's most of my stories yeah. yeah right on the verge of hot garbage hot garbage and really cool yeah. i think it's, I choose think your own adventure i think they're better. give yourself a little bit more credit they're better than that uh no but the story of this one the a newly cloned cool emperor palpatine unleashes a fleet of terrible super weapons on the galaxy while the St skywalkers try fighting against his dark influence so you're telling me that there's a story about a cloned Emperor Palpatine unleashing new hot weapons against the, the, the good guys in Star Wars? Where have we heard that before? Like, am I really supposed to believe that's the plot of some story? Yeah. Abrams, you are. You and I, are we're, we're set to throw down, man. Here's, gonna, the, here's the like, thing. I'm going to do pay-per-view tickets to throw down with J.J. Abrams. You are he not literally the, stole this from this novel. You are not the only person who was upset about this. In the 1990s, there was a lot of contention about this story. And, and Star Wars fans were either like, this is fucking awesome. George Lucas thought it was fucking awesome. For like one year, he – George, this is a true story. George Lucas bought – the graphic novel Dark Empire and gave it to every LucasArts employee one Christmas. Ooh. Like, that's how much he loved it. He's got, on the Skywalker Ranch, he's got the original paintings that Cam Kennedy did, uh, or, or illustrations, um, and the paintings of the, the cover artist for these comic books. He's got them hanging up in the that's Skywalker worse. Ranch. 
that's worse than the Christmas bonus Clark Griswold gets in, in you know National what? Lampoon's Christmas you know what? Well, I, I mean, yeah, but okay. Yeah, thanks, George. I'll With be this sure bonus, to read this. I'm going to put in a pool. Listen, now, he was trying to get on the bestsellers novel. list. That's why I bought so many <laughs> I, it's, copies. It's entirely possible. Yeah. I mean, let's let's we can be really Follow super cynical about it. <laughs> I'm just saying, if if George Lucas gave me a copy of Dark Empire, I would be like, fucking, let's go. Yeah. You know, like maybe if he signed it. Maybe I don't. That know. would be like yeah yeah. Can you sign it? Can you yeah, sign it? The, I'll keep it either way. But this is pre eBay, so I'm winking. Pre- oh, oh, yeah, this yeah. is just you know you go give it. I to mean, your, they still had comic stores. Yeah, but. card card shops or yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, no, like I I think that the story actually is pretty good. And I'm I'm of the opinion that the story is pretty good, but not everybody else in like thought that the story was very good. But basically, for Abrams like ripped this off to make his. Oh yeah, essentially yeah, and and like even Bastard. as it was being written, as uh, as Tom Veitch was talking with, um, with uh, the Timothy Zahn, right? Because they were writing this stuff side by side, like in conjunction to build out this mythos or whatever. Uh, Timothy Zahn was like your story's fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> don't publish this. And he was mad uh, because, like, the Thrawn stuff was supposed to take place after this Dark Empire stuff. Um, but he forced <laughs> Tom Veitch to place it in the timeline later because he was, do- like, Zan was doing some stuff with clones in the Thrawn trilogy. And uh, he was like, a clone of, of Emperor Palpatine is like, no, man, like, fucking stop. <laughs> so he was, like, really mad about it. Um, and fans were pretty divided about it, too, for a while. They were like, I don't know, like, clone of the Emperor, that's kind of, um, well, like But lazy. I think the story works. Like, I think it, <laughs> yeah. it's, it is kind of interesting. It's a new development for the characters because, like, Luke turns to the dark side for a bit, and then he has to come back from the dark side like his father did um it's really kind of an interesting wrinkle uh i can't say the same of the sequels that came out after that though <laughs> so in 1994 uh, which was the big year that's when they like open the floodgates and now we've got like a whole bunch of star wars shit coming out we start with the true set bakura by kathy tires i don't know much about kathy tires i feel like I looked her up and I found out that she publishes like Christian science fiction. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like a whole I don't even know. My brain just did something weird when you said that. <laughs> yeah. Those words don't even I can yeah. see it from here yeah, Curtis. It's it's your, weird. Your brain, it's like yeah. no, it's like well, science fiction to with a lot Christian of Christians allegory. all science is fiction, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are quite a few Christian yeah. science fiction. No, like legitimately, it's it's a it's a kind of a, it's like the the okayest novel I think from 1994. Um, <laughs> the okayest, yeah, the okayest. In the in the days after the the death of the, the emperor, honor. it's like literally after like the day after Return of the Jedi. This book takes place. Um, Basically, Luke and Leia have to confront a totally new adversary from outside the galaxy. Guess what that adversary is? God. John Hamm. It's God. It's not God. This is Star Wars. There's no, there's, the force is God. Like, there's no God in Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's no God in Star Wars. Yeah, there's there's no (laughs) God. There is no God. Bertrand Russell right there. (laughs) Tag him. Uh, In space, no. no one can hear you pray. 
the so the antagonists of this book are are sentient velociraptors. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like not because even if Star Wars was missing anything, it it's, was sentient, it's fucking sentient velociraptors. velociraptors. That smells of Spielberg a little bit. And their plot <laughs> does, is their plot <laughs> is to to turn uh, Luke Skywalker's mind into uh, into a drone. Like that's what they want. They they want to turn him into a droid. Did they have freaking laser beams attached to their heads? Uh, no, I wish. <laughs> no, they they carry around. This is real. Wait, you said they, they carry around ping pong paddles that hypnotize people. Wait, wait, wait. You said velociraptors, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I had to make sure I wasn't like, yeah, like like having an event. Yeah, like tripping right now. Didn't Jurassic Whoa, Park come out around this time? The original yeah, Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think and it was the movie, like the book had already something. been out. So. See, that's what I, yeah. that's where I was kind of going. With yeah, that. the like, book had already been out for a yeah. while. Weird territory. No, it's honestly like Kathy Tires was like, uh, we take a little bit of Jurassic Park and a little bit of Star Wars, we get a smash it. Boom. And, and I think right around this time, well, she might not have. Well, I don't know. Zemeckis and, and Spielberg and Lucas were all friends, so she could have known about. Um, I was thinking Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump and the ping pong. Like he was ping pong. Oh yeah, I guess I don't know. So she's like, like, I'm gonna get a little paddle, and I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get velociraptors. The velociraptors have the paddles. Yeah, they're like holding them. Yeah, they hold the paddles, and they and they they wave the paddles at people, and they get hypnotized, and then turned into droids. Sam Neil was worried about them opening doors, man. Now they're playing ping pong. If you think, if you think that the velociraptors are the the problem with this story, like you're missing everything else about this story. Oh, it just goes. From there, it, it goes deeper and deeper, and okay. this is the okayest one, right? Like, like I said, the okayest this, one. What year is this? Nineteen ninety-four. Ninety-four. Yeah, okay. yeah. So uh, that's followed up in March by Jedi Search, uh, Kevin J. Anderson's first of the Jedi Academy trilogy. Uh, it's yeah. like Star Search. Yeah. Was Michael Winslow at the Jedi Academy? I really <laughs> hope so. I wish. It would have been a better book, to be honest. Uh, no, so Luke Skywalker, in, in this story, he enlists his friends in Google a search Michael for Winslow. new Jedi yeah. apprentices to train his new Jedi Academy. Listen, highlight of this book is a scene in which Lando Calrissian goes to investigate one of these potential Jedi, and he watches an entire chapter long Blob race. Blob? <laughs> blob. Blob. Blob race. B-L-O-B. Okay. B-L-O-B. <laughs> All right. Viscous, mucusy blobs racing on some kind of obstacle Curtis, aren't course. you glad you joined the show with this? This is my... I'm so glad this is the first uh, episode <laughs> yeah. I sat in on. So, I mean, I imagine a blob race would be challenging. Yeah, I mean, of course. It sounds yeah. hard to there do. There are knives, and, and they have to squeeze themselves through, like like... Meshes. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, you know, imagine, <laughs> imagine flubber. to get on board. Imagine, <laughs> imagine Star Wars with the energy of flubber. Ooh, that's that's this book. Oh, okay, okay. 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 All yeah. right. That's, that, a, that's, that's a good visual. That takes a little time to process, but yeah, yeah. I'll, think I'll think let you on move it. On. Think on it. Just think about Court, that. So then, the, the next book in the, in May 1994 was the Courtship of Princess Leia by Dave Wolverton, in which Han Solo kidnaps Princess Leia in an effort to force her to fall in love with him and finally get married. It's just filled with gentlemen. This yeah. Whole so this, this book actually slaps. Like it's actually really good. Um, and it's because like Dave Wolverton just pulls out all of the goofy stops and just makes this story like you know kind of a, a little bit feminine, like '90s feminist. Let's you know not 
get too ahead of ourselves. But so wouldn't fly today. But back wouldn't, then, wouldn't fly very, today. Very but, progressive. But it was very progressive at the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, many examples of that too. Yeah. So like, uh, he introduces the witches of Dathomir, which I think is actually kind of fucking. They're fucking hardcore. Dathomir. Yeah. Dathomir. Yeah. They're like these. Uh, these like self. Uh, efficacious like women who use the force and nobody wants them off the planet because they could become like a matriarchal force that could overthrow the patriarchal balance of the galaxy. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Can't have that. Yeah. No, of course not. It's fu- it's like, great. Like Haber here for boys. Um, he introduces <laughs> yeah. he introduces a rival love interest for Princess Leia who is basically Space Fabio. <laughs> um, Space, Space Fabio. Fabio. <laughs> That's a '90s callback for those of you who don't know. Uh, look it up. Look up. Look up Fabio, and you'll oh get God. who this guy is. <laughs> oh man! No, but it's so great. It, it honestly was so much fun. There were rancors that they just like hang out with. It's it's baller. Are there it's drawings really cool. of these characters? Is that why you say oh, Space Fabio? Oh yeah. Okay, there's no, this but is I mean, like, just straight, straight up. No, I mean, there's no drawing in this book. Uh, come on, now. So far, you're, you're, this you're is fantasizing John here. There are no pictures in Star Wars. <laughs> I didn't think there were. They're really cool art on the covers, right? Yeah. But I've never actually flipped through one. So far, yeah. I know there and is the a art, Fabio. The art for Courtship character. of Princess Leia was, was great. Like, George Lucas wrote a letter to Dave Wolverton saying, like, I loved your book. Like, he read the book and he was like, <laughs> this is perfect. Man. And I think that's even better because, like, when you read the book and see how bonkers it is, you, you'll be like, George Lucas loved this story. And I mean, yeah. that doesn't surprise me a lot, given some of George Lucas's ideas. No. He seems to get very enthusiastic about things that are a little yeah. bit half-baked. Uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah. this book is actually a whole fucking lot of fun. Like it's it actually was nice. Uh, it genuinely <laughs> surprised me how much so I enjoyed that it. That seems to be something that keeps you reading these yeah. novels, is because like okay, this is a total pile of you shit. You go through piles of shit, and the then next one's going to be different. Yeah, every once in a while you find one, and it's like this is so good. But how do you okay. slog through the piles of shit? You just slog. See, man. for me, that's like listening to death metal. Like, like there's so much garbage, but every now and then I'm like, yeah! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You really have to look for the diamonds in the rough, uh, for sure. The the next book was uh, the second of Kevin J. Anderson's The Jedi Academy trilogy, Dark Apprentice. And in Mm. this one, Luke Skywalker's, at at Luke Skywalker's new Jedi Academy, one of his new apprentices is seduced by the dark side. This book opens with my favorite scene in all of Star Wars. (laughs) Han Solo and new Jedi apprentice Kip Duran as they ski down a mountain. Kip. <laughs> skiing with Kip. Skiing, skiing with, with Kip. Kip. Han Solo Kip. and his friend Kip go skiing. Oh, it's, a real, it's a whole fucking chapter. Kip's family has a cabin. Yeah. <laughs> Kip's an orphan. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, an orphan. Han, Han had the cabin. He's like, come on, you're an orphan. Yeah. Let's go up to the, my, yeah. my oh, snow no. cabin. But, but if you think, oh, if you think for a moment that Han and Kip skiing Chewie's is, standing off is by irrelevant to the plot. <laughs> yes. He's all sad. Yeah, yeah. I thought you, I thought, uh, you were you skiing for <laughs> I thought you should take me to the cabin. Nice pat on the head for you. I thought we were going in or tubing lately. <laughs> no, if if you uh, think that this is irrelevant to the plot, well, you're wrong. Because in, <laughs> in I didn't three, know what to think. Because in book three, Champions of the Force, right? Uh, when Luke Skywalker's Dark Apprentice roams through Kip the galaxy, the blowing apprentice. up stars. Yeah, Kip, <laughs> Kip 
is the Dark Apprentice. <laughs> I'm yeah. Dark Apprentice Kip. Well, yeah. <laughs> then you have to change Kip his name. To, yeah, so they have to band together to I'm the find bad guy. Kip because Kip, Kip. Kip is stolen a super wi- like weapon and he's blo- he's Kip like is such he's a like 90s, blowing up like... universes. I can't believe his name is Kip. Uh, it's re- it was really it's really Kip. When the Kylo Ren character came out and became knowledge to me, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, I, I originally saw it, said, his name is Kyle Loren. <laughs> Kyle Loren? The bad guy's Kyle. I was like, they named him Kyle? And I thought, hey, that's... And then after I realized it was Kylo, I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense. But now that you're but saying Kip, I'm like, it could have been Kyle. It could have been. Yeah, it, it could have been, been Todd. No, like for, yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's what they do in Star Wars. They take normal sounding names and they're like, let's ben. put a little spin on them so that they sound... Yeah. Off. It yeah. started off as Kyle, and then they it were like, off as nah, Kyle. it's yeah. a little too, yeah. No, for sure, yeah. A little yeah. too earthbound, yeah. Kyle. Anyway, so, Ki- yeah, Kip, <laughs> Kip's the, the dark apprentice. And, and when they're trying to talk <laughs> down, the they're trying apprentice. to talk him down, right, from, like, blowing up another star system, because Kip's, like, well, off the fucking deep end. Don't do it, Kip. Yeah. So Han Solo <laughs> comes out, and, and I'm not even joking you. Han Solo comes, and he's like, Kip, Kip, you don't want to do it. <laughs> Remember that time we went skiing together? <laughs> and Kip's like, I remember. And Kip's like, I remember. I remember. I'll stop blowing up planets, Han. I forgot. Can we go skiing again? I forgot we went skiing. I forgot we went skiing. <laughs> now I don't have to do this. I've come back to the light side. The light are you, side are is you skiing. Are you kidding me, Han? It's what you did to me that ski weekend is why I turned evil. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never trust you again. <laughs> They'll like, blowing up every planet. <laughs> the, 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 the friendship between Kip and Han is so funny because like when he goes to become an apprentice like Han's like here I got you something Kip and he hands him he hands him a sparkly black robe oh. like he gives him the robe that he like you know as if we don't know he's gonna become a dark Jedi after oh that oh my god oh. it's so fucking funny <laughs> it's truly great so then we we close out Homer 1994 Star Wars <laughs> yeah all of it is a little probably. we get to the, the last novel in, in uh, 1994 called the, the Crystal Sco- uh, Star Crystal Star not the crystal scar. Wait, what's the whole title? Just the crystal star. Oh, okay, not something and then subtitle nope. and then subtitle. No, <laughs> colon. No. Secondary colon. title, tertiary yeah. title. Yeah. No, it's, it's just the, the crystal star. Well, you got to reel it in every now and then, don't you? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. So this was written star. by Vonda N. McIntyre. And uh, Vonda oh, McIntyre. shit. Yeah, Vonda McIntyre was an actual, like, she won a... Uh, uh, Hugo Award, a Nebula Award, a Locus Award. Like, she's a heavy hitter in... Are these fictional awards? No, these are real. <laughs> real. <laughs> <They're>, uh, <laughs> but Every I'm Hugo Award that was winner that was just listening to us, like, shut down shop. Okay. <laughs> Fucking not, not listening anymore. Like I said, I know nothing First here. my wife, now, like, the, the sci-fi, like, listeners. Yeah. I mean, we're now up to, to warding off, like, two I'm, audiences. I mean, if you're a genre... That was my bad. If, you're a, <laughs> if you're a genre writer, like... Like winning a Hugo is like there's that's the pinnacle. Right? Oh, okay, okay. It's like the highest you okay. can go in genre. I, I'm a um, musician and audio engineer, so that's, right. those are the things I know. <laughs> yeah, right. No, so she Moving she on. won. She it's won right these, up there with like a Grammy for like a musician. Yeah, she <laughs> she won these these okay. very prestigious awards in the 70s. So we get to the 1994, and she writes Star Wars, okay. and this book. Uh, Basically, Han and Leia's children are kidnapped, and the heroes track them down to a dangerous colony at the edge of a crystal star. 
It's the dumbest fucking book I've read this year. <laughs> Straight up. It sounds just, cool. Just like some some highlights from this, right? Luke Skywalker gets cut off from the Force because of X-rays. That's a thing that happens apparently. What, what do you mean because of X-rays? Because that's all I have. Because he did X-rays. No, he got because cut off? because of X-rays. There's no real the reason. Cut him off. Yeah. He thought he broke yeah. his arm. He okay. went to the doctor. The doctor's like, no, it's and just he, sprained. And now he yeah. can't use the force Luke, anymore. you got an x-ray, you're out. You no, like, use like the legitimately, the, the, the ex- explanation is he, he goes to a space station. The space station is bombarded with x-rays, and now he can't use the force anymore. Oh. So he joins a cult, a cult of a blob that wants to eat him. <laughs> like the, the blob is a cult leader? Yeah. Oh. yeah. There's like a cult around this blob. And so the, blob the blob wants to eat Luke Skywalker. That's the the whole purpose. No, the whole existence of this, so the whole not purpose him? of this blob is I just, I need to eat someone who does the force. Oh, what does that do? What does that accomplish? Can he have the force now if he eats somebody? No, he he can just he can open a portal to another dimension and go back to whatever fucking universe he came from. Oh, it's stupid. It's it's really dumb. dumb. Does he have a name? The Bob? Uh, yeah, he does. I forgot it. Okay, is this something important? important? Is that yeah? (laughs) It's something really. It's Waru. That's the name of the Bob. Waru. Is this the one that you you were telling me before? Like that Han Solo is drunk like all the way through. Yeah, that's the other thing that's hilarious about this book. Drunk. Yeah, Han Solo (laughs) is just flat out fucking base liquor. Yeah, he's fucking blasted. How does that work? The whole book. Don't you need oxygen to make alcohol? I yeah. he, there's space there's well there's there, oxygen. What obviously. do you think these aliens are? What do they think they drink when they're listening to jizz in the canteen? <laughs> yeah, if all you have to listen to is jizz, you probably yeah, could be sauced you're all fucking day. Sauced, exactly. <laughs> sauced and jizz. Sauced. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, we so, just uh, keep going there. So Han Solo. That's gonna be the name the of my Star Wars book when I write one. Sauced and jizz. <laughs> sauced and jizz. <laughs> and George is like, I love it. Star Wars. <laughs> sauced, <laughs> Star Wars. Sauced and jizz. An adventure of Han and Kip. I'm going to buy a copy for everyone I know. An adventure adventure of Han and Kip. Yeah. No, and and then the last crazy thing. It's a weird ski weekend. (laughs) Remember when you played that jizz? (laughs) I felt it wash over me, Han. Oh, God almighty. (laughs) My face is No, so the the other thing that I love about this book that's just totally stupid is, like, Princess Leia has to, like, hide her identity for reasons. And uh, and in order to do that, she dyes her hair green and then wears it in front of her face like she's, she's like, an emo girl. Like Billie Eilish. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Space Billie. Yeah, so she goes around and she calls herself Lelila. Ooh. Ooh. She's clever. Yeah. Yeah, no, but but what's so funny is that like like she's hanging out with this this lady, right? And the lady's talking to her the whole time and then finally she's like at the end of the book when Leia like gets her children back, the the, the lady is like, "Lelila, who are you?" And Leia goes Leia goes I'm Princess Leia. And she just like pulls back her hair, right? Her green hair. And all of a sudden, like the, the woman's like, Oh my God. I never guessed. It's Put like it back. Put it taking back. off the glasses, right? Yeah, no, Holy exactly. Shit. Holy shit. You've been here the whole time? Like, like that's a real moment in this book. It actually happens that way. Oh my like, God. A, like it actually, ha- she actually is like, Oh. It's you. They <laughs> should have been like you couldn't have figured out from my, yeah, from my yeah. bullshit name. Maybe it was supposed to be sarcastic. It was like, ah, oh, it's you. 
Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> well, it was the nineties. So. Oh, none of us knew. But that's the thing. Like, like again, the punk nineties. Like, like uh, Hugo Award winner Vonda McIntyre is like Hans drunk all the time. Princess Leia dyes her hair. Like, yeah, it, it's <laughs> all the counterculture terrible. that the kids are into. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Luke's wearing Luke's wearing flannel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Leia watches the real world. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just normal now, so <laughs> just get eaten by this blob. <laughs> the blob, Woo, the blob, Wulu. What's his name? Waru, Waru, Waru. Yeah. Oh wow. Waru. It's it's terrible. It's just such a bad. I want to eat such you. A bad book. Uh, I'm gonna follow you. Yeah. For yeah, I'm yeah. in your cult now. There were some other comic books uh, too. You, I think I only passion. bring these up because I think you'll get a kick out of them. Dark Empire Two with Tom Vage. Uh, another clone of the Empire <laughs> Emperor threatens the galaxy with another terrible super weapon. If it, if it sounds like he's just playing his so greatest hits, and that's because he is. The Emperor wrote, has no new plan. He's yeah. like, this is going to work, damn the it. He's like Wiley Coyote. Going, he keeps going to the Acme yeah. store. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah, this will no, work. But, but, and what's hilarious is that he's got like a bunch of sycophants around him who are just like, yes, that's a great idea, yeah. Mr. Emperor. Dark Empire 3, the Emperor paints a big tunnel on the side of a mountain. <laughs> no, no, no. There was a Dark Empire 3. It was called Empire's End, in which the last clone of the Empire threatens the galaxy with another terrible super weapon. Oh, God. It was the story he liked so much, he did it three times. If it ain't broken, don't fix it's, it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, except that after the first time, it was like, get a new shtick, Tom. Mm. Please, <laughs> this for fuck's guy. sake, get a new shtick. <laughs> so, oh. that's the longest journey. This is probably our longest episode by far. It's probably going to be, yeah. Our it's next Star fun, Wars though. update will not be as long. I, mean, I <laughs> thought you were going to have to chop this one up into several episodes. I'm actually kind of impressed you made it from, what, 1978? Yeah, 1976 to, to, to 95. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, I mean, the uh, time it took you to read those, I'm sure, is... A whole year. Like, a, yeah. a full-on year so is what So, even if we're, me. like, an hour or so in, yeah, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah. No, so, I mean... I'm impressed. <laughs> so, I'm at the end of this journey, and it's like, what did I What did I learn, Jeremy? Other um, than that Han Solo likes skiing. J.J. Abrams isn't novel. the first person to ruin Star Wars. Yeah, no, I have a lot more <laughs> patience, I think, for some of the stuff that, like, Ryan Johnson tries in uh, Episode Eight. Uh, Ryan Johnson's Star Wars film is like a... Is, is like a bad Star Wars novel from like I, this era. I think all three of those sequels are like a bad Star Wars novel. Oh, they Wars absolutely novel. are. Yeah. I, I really do. And, and I think that the problem with these sequels is like they just they go in without really any understanding of who the characters are and with no reverence for source material you know one yeah. of the problems that i have with han solo in the the sequel movies is like it throws away all of the established media that we get for han solo in these books Han Solo is a family man, like except for the one book where he's fucking drunk all the time. Like, <laughs> what about I, the one where he kidnapped Leia to make him make her? Which do is stuff? also hilarious. No, like really, he like shoots her with like a mind ray gun, and he's like, "You're gonna fall in love with me. We're gonna go on a date." And obviously, is that when she he's does a drunk? because they they get yeah, no. They have he's kids. not. He's not drunk. He's just really upset because like Leia's like with space Fabio, and he's like, "I'm not space Fabio." So he wins a planet in a bet, and he he like kidnaps her to go on a date to this planet which is full of force witches and that's when he he's like all right maybe oh, okay, i kind of fucked okay. up a little bit you know bit. i don't know that i don't 
don't know that space Harrison Ford should feel threatened by space Fabio. You know? Pro- no, probably Harrison not. Harrison Ford's a pretty big, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a pretty big he's deal, a, too. Yeah, he's yeah. a pretty good dude. Oh. No, but but I mean, like, in these books, like, aside from the weird mist, you know, missteps that I think they, they make in, in some of the storytelling, like, Han Solo's a family man. And we see that even in the original movies, like his whole character arc is going from someone who is exceptionally selfish to someone who is becoming more and more exceptionally selfless, you know, to the point right. that, that he serves the Empire and, and really does does like genuinely fall in love with Princess Leia. So why is it then that we have all of this established media where Han Solo is a family man, right? A guy who is committed now to the, the, the new him, committed to making things work. We get a sequel where he's a deadbeat dad who's just fucking palling around with his, his friend from high school. That's hmm. so fucking lame and, and does nothing to service the character as we knew it, even from the original trilogy. I feel the same way about Luke Skywalker and how he's treated because Luke mm. goes from the guy who is impetuous and like <clears throat> super rowdy and wants to go and have a, a bunch of action and and through the the course of the nov- or the the movies and then the novels later has to learn to temper that with patience has to look to find um you know a way of of treating everyone with empathy you know, at first he's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, you know, party hardy. I'm going to be a space jockey, whatever. And then he, he runs into... To it's actually original dialogue from Star Wars. Exactly, yeah. Before it was cut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but he, he <laughs> confronts, you know, he, he sees his mentor, <laughs> Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi, get killed by Darth Vader and then goes on this mission of almost like vengeance and then has to come around to see the, the biggest monster in the entire fucking galaxy, Darth Vader, genocidal maniac. Yeah. He's like, no, man, I see that there's good in you. I can sense the the positivity in you like come back it's not too late to atone for the things that you've done that means he's a true jedi now exactly yeah and, and so to point. see him in these these movies later on where ryan johnson is like let's take this dude who saw space hitler right and was like no this guy could be redeemed there is an atonement that could be have here or right. had here and instead he sees his nephew who has a couple bad dreams sometimes, and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill this kid, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. how do we go from the dude who sees good in, in this genocidal, like, truly terrifying monster of a dude and says, I see good in you, you're redeemable, but well, then they turns just around didn't and understand goes, the source material. That's actually something I want to talk about, I, I think we'll bring up in our next episode, too, because yeah. I do feel there's a strong comparison here but it's just clear that Abrams and Ryan Johnson just did not like this Vandam Vanda Vandal McIntyre Vonda Vonda Mac, McIntyre Vonda Mac, whatever yeah um like sh- they just didn't no. give a shit about the source material uh, yeah I, I think Vonda I don't think she knew what a, a Star Wars was no I, like and it's weird because it's not like she's a stranger to a lot of this fiction Vonda McIntyre also adapted several of the Star Trek books into um novels or, or i'm sorry star trek movies into novels hmm. she gave hikaru sulu his first name she is the reason why sulu has a first name as a character um so you know like it's not like she's completely 
I don't know. It's not like she's completely out of the loop, but it feels like she just had no fucking clue what Star Wars even was. Right. And, then, and agreed to write this movie. Yeah, the movies aren't or that write long. This book. sit down and watch the movies at the very least. Like right. The no, three. exactly. Exactly. Oh, well. it's, it's, it's really <clears throat> weird. So I, I have this this relationship, I think, with this sequel material that it's like, it's really interesting to see it all evolve. It's really interesting to see the way that the characters, you know, grow or, uh, you know, develop over time. Um, and at the same time, it makes me so mad that, you know, the, the actual sequel canon stuff that, the, that we do have um, from these filmmakers, you know, feels so very inconsistent with the tone of the characters as set in the original films. Because for all that this stuff kind of feels pretty crummy at times, and I will admit, I struggled through a couple of these books to right. find the good stuff. Um one thing that I can say for this extended canon is like there is some interesting character development to be had in these stories. And and even the bad stuff like Kip and Han like skiing or something like that, Kevin Anderson does come in with a plan to try to give these characters real arcs, to give these characters real stakes and to try to develop them into interesting characters. You know, Luke Skywalker in uh, in Kevin J. Anderson's trilogy is not looking for a fight ever. Right. He and in fact, I don't think there's ever even a point where he draws his lightsaber to clash with someone else, except in the defense of like some of his students. Hmm. And, right. and it's really interesting to me that he creates this character who has gone from like the kid who's ready to jump in an X-wing and blow up a Death Star to this like more reserved. Um, Jedi master who's who's still unsure of his legacy. Right, right. right? It's uh, I don't know. It's it's so, still interesting having this big array of authors who all interpret the story differently. They all see the trajectory going different ways. Um, seems like a cool way to reach a ton of people, get a really big audience because not ever some people don't want Luke to pull his. Uh, <laughs> uh, lightsaber out. And, 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 yeah. uh, so, like that version of Luke probably rings a bell for a lot of people, and then and then yeah. you got the other version. So, like, it just seems like a really smart way to make Star Wars belong to everybody who wants it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Oh, definitely. There's cool. something in here for everyone. That's my interpretation. Yeah. Of all and this. one of the interesting things is like as I read stuff like the Crystal Star, which I thought was just such a garbage book. I keep thinking of that uh, Jim Henson movie. Oh, the, yeah, Dark yeah, yeah. the Dark Crystal. Me too. Yeah, 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 me too. I keep wanting yeah. to go there. Which Definitely pretty much vibes. ruined my life, by the way. That was like, horrifying. I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm not okay to this day. I would be more okay now if I had never seen that. That's a really right, right, great right. horror yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. When they went, hey. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, shut up. Yeah. Anyway. No doubt. No, I, I think you're right. And, and what's interesting is like I hated Crystal Star. I thought it was such a terrible book. And yet that book has some some readers who were like, this is the way it should go. Yeah. Luke Skywalker should totally get eaten by a blob. And then all the readers get to argue and, and form exactly. these and form these coalitions exactly. against one another. And George yeah. is sitting there just raking the cash all our, in, right? All oh, our comments. Yeah, we're going to get some cynical. really pissed off people on Twitter yeah, or on Reddit. Like, uh, you know, I, I feel George so bad just wants about engagement. He doesn't care yeah. about how you feel. About I feel it. super bad, though, because some of these authors, you know, like like they are really active. They actually like Timothy Zahn is still writing fucking Star Wars stuff. Nice. He's still out there doing <laughs> shit. Uh, Kevin I want to do one. 
Yeah, of, of, <laughs> who wouldn't? I it told seems you like my anybody title. can just pick it up and yeah. do it, right? I, I told you my title. Ke- I mean, Kevin J. Anderson. <laughs> Kevin J. Anderson is still showing up to cons. You know, he's still signing books for people. Um, I, I have some very contentious views about his work because I don't think that he's actually a very good writer. He's and not related the same to time, Wes Anderson, is he? No. That'd be a cool kind of star- take on Star a Wars. A Wes Anderson take on Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. That would be... Oh, my God. That would be a really... That would take me 20 minutes just to imagine. That's, <laughs> that would be a really fascinating That's a nice mashup. development. No, but I, yeah. I think, like, Kevin J. Anderson, like, don't change your stuff. Like, I'm glad this Star Wars exists because I... I for all of its faults, and it had many faults, I, I still was like... This is very entertaining. I don't right. I don't know where the fuck this comes from, Kevin J. Anderson. <laughs> he he delivers with the same energy of like a camp counselor just desperate to be like relevant to the kids these days. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, no, straight up. That's such a great analogy. Uh, I, was, I spent a lot of time in camp as a kid, so that yeah. really rung a bell with me. No, I really think his his books are like that, for sure. Uh, but but I'm like, you know, I don't resent that any of this stuff exists. And if I saw Kevin J. Anderson at at a con or something like that, you can bet your ass I would have his the the trilogy from 1994 that I read. Like I'd have him sign it and very unironically be like, I love your work. Yeah, uh, because, and then you hear your podcast, and then I yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's out there on Twitter and he's like, oh, I'll give these guys a listen and like fucking you know Ew. probably go off and and hate me forever. But, but very <laughs> genuinely, I'm like. I, I think this story is so bad him. in so many ways. And yet at yeah. the same time, I'm like, there's so much joy I get out of reading this reading experience. Right, right. And like how enthusiastic I am. I'm like, you know what? Kevin J. Anderson, write more fucking Star Wars. I'm going to be right there with you. <laughs> I'm going to read this stuff. Yeah. Um, because there's, I don't know, there's just something <laughs> ineffable about it. Like you, you just kind of got to... You got to kind of grab it and let it do its thing. And, and eventually you're just like, yeah, Kip Duran. I remember that guy. Yeah, mm. the skiing bro. It's yep. ineffable unless it's about Kit and Han skiing together. Kip and Han skiing on the mountain. <laughs> then it's Han's effable. Then it's completely kids. effable. Effable. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man. We just shifted the meaning of that word around. I'm just going to throw out jizz forever. Yeah. 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 If you say uh, anything sexual, Jeremy just runs with it through the whole thing. That's my that's my shtick. It's man. one of my favorite things about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's Star Wars update nineteen ninety five. We did we it, guys. Are, hey, uh, we are updated. You are we updated. Are updated. All right. Woo-hoo. I'll come so back. Great now. I'll come back in like six more books and we'll do nineteen ninety six. Yeah, I, I enjoyed right. this a lot more than I expected. I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't think I was gonna not enjoy it, but I thought yeah, yeah. at the very least I'd be sitting there like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. You know. No, I. No, I mean, these bo- genuinely, these books are bonkers. And, oh, wow. and and uh. Uh, what what continues to astonish me is is not just like I'm wearing uh, like Star I've got you've Star got Wars Star Wars you were geared out I've in got, Star Wars I've got man. my Boba Fett I forgot sweatshirt. all my Star Wars gear today yeah, yeah. I did too yeah no it, but it's like it, it's it it went from an ironic hobby to like now a genuine passion where right. I'm, I'm like no this stuff is actually quite fun and if you want to to join this community you should and also know that like man you can waste 
your life. Like, <laughs> just straight up waste you your life. You can waste your life writing these books. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or yeah. if you don't want to, just listen to me rant about it. Because uh, we'll, uh, this is a series for sure. This, yeah, yeah. this will be a series. This is the first of many. Yeah. Uh, until then, we've got uh, a few more episodes coming. I want to thank again, um, not just thank our producers, but give a warm welcome to Curtis as he joins us on the yeah. mic. Yeah, thank you, sirs. Um, your voice is very welcome. Definitely, definitely. Uh We've got some great stuff coming up for you. We've got um, our, we're working on the anthology right now. So by the right. time this comes out, we'll be pretty close to being, uh, being finished with the anthology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've got a cover potentially. So I can't wait to do the cover reveal. Yeah. By the time you hear this podcast, hopefully that cover will have been revealed. Hopefully. It's pretty baller. I really love the cover. I and do too. I think that uh, it definitely looks as high quality as the stories in our anthology. Um, We've been editing the anthology, um, you know, working on our our last edits as we put together um, the final product. And it's so exciting because there's so much talent involved in in this anthology. Um, And we are going to be at StokerCon next May. So look out for Slayhouse Publishing at StokerCon. Uh, we, uh, what else do we have going on, man? We've got, we got, uh, our submissions page is up on, uh, is for up. next year. So we've got a lot to, uh, yeah, be thinking about what you want to pitch to Slayhouse Publishing, yeah. uh, for the 2022 year. I know that's right around the corner and we're really looking forward to it a lot. Yep. We've got, uh, our first author interview, uh, coming up that should yep. drop sometime in December. Yep. Uh, very excited to be talking to Karen Huff yep. um, about her novel Ground Control. And about she's also a professional editor and she's worked with us here at Slayhouse. And yeah. so we're really good or happy to have that conversation with her. Yeah, really excited We've to, got to a talk to her. We've got a four part series coming up of Dracula um, and Bram Stoker. And I'm doing a shit ton of research. Like when you guys see the books that I've read just to get this series together. Like you are going to be legit impressed. Like I've got this way thing more fucking Im- covered. Way more impressed than my nineteen <laughs> bullshit not Star Wars I don't, novels. Man, I am impressed I'm by that impressed because by I don't guys. know if I could have. Yeah. I don't know if I could have made it through. And I am a huge fan of Star Wars. Like, yeah, I, I got done telling all of you and all of you at home how I um, wa- have watched Star Wars since I was literally a baby, and. I, I felt like I was a huge fan. Like I had the, I had all the toys when I was a kid. I had the oh, yeah. Darth Vader, like the, the toy case thing that held all the action figures. I had the three <laughs> oh, foot yeah. tall R two D two that you could put all the toys in. Yeah, I, man. I oh man, I I sent off. I like so saved fun. up and sent off because back then, like in those Mattel toys, you couldn't just go to the store and buy the Emperor. You had to like get the the points on the back of the packages right. and like save up for them and then send them off. And I did that to get the little Ooh, Emperor figurine. You earned it. I earned it. And wow. I thought I was a huge fan of Star Wars, but I do not legitimately think I could make it through these books. So <laughs> thank you, Trevor, for for shackling that for the rest of Doing us who just can't. Yeah. yeah, always. We're strapping on that yoke and just wearing wearing yeah. carrying that burden for the rest of us. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. All right, everybody. So stay tuned. Uh, follow us on social media. I'm not going to go through the list again because that's exhausting. Um, but we are all over the place on social <laughs> media. So just please follow us. And we thank you all for listening. And we can't wait to talk to you again next week. Thank you.